Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us for Episode 12, Season 3 of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout this evening. Uh, good evening, Richie. Uh, well, we had a shocking week with our, our picks, but what did you think of Magic Round? I thought it was most mostly magical, Brad. Good to be on with you again, um, apart from, obviously, the Warriors' result. Despite a, a nice comeback effort, yeah, they, they're playing with my emotions, mate. So, yeah. And no pool tonight, so yeah, see, how ama- see how amateur we look without yeah, the, the chief there. The old inmates running the asylum while Paul was taken away yeah. off for his birthday. So happy birthday, Paul. Um, I know you, you never watch it when you're not here. Um, so you never know what trouble we get up to, but I'm sure we'll we'll survive. Um, but yeah, while we're here live on Wednesdays at 8 p.m., you can also catch our show at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Um, as always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week. We'll then review Magic Round and update our tips. Uh, we'll then stop and answer some questions from you guys, as well as some questions we've got for each other. Before we go into preview round 11 and make our picks, and then hopefully time dependent, um, we'll end with a recap of the Super League. See Simon's here already. Evening, Simon. G'day, mate. Um, so, yeah, remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show. Um, I might be a bit slower to pick them up than Paul because I'll be talking at the same time. But I'll do my best. Um, but we may as well just jump straight into the stories, um, Richie. Let's do it, mate. I suppose the the biggest news story to come out of the week um, was the uh, the Bulldog saga. Trent Barrett has now stood down as the Bulldogs coach, and Mick Potter has taken over the coaching role for the rest of the year. What's your take on Barrett leaving, and who potentially could step up and become the new Bulldogs coach? It's an interesting one, eh, Brad? Um, I was telling you when it was sort of breaking, I kind of had my opinion that it's uh, maybe Trent Barrett's been shoulder-tapped and told to stand down, you know, uh, before he gets pushed kind of deal. So, I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think possibly 
he would have got the axe if this is just his way of leaving with his dignity. I think so. Um, I think he he probably got the shoulder tap, as you said, from from Gould, saying, um, "Mate, it, it's not going to go well here. It's probably mm. best for you and your future plans if you want to continue being a head coach. If you step down, it also has a, a detrimental effect, I think, because if you look at Trent Barrett's record now, he's stood down from two clubs um, before being shown the door. Mm. So." Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, the Bulldogs haven't been great, but they haven't been great since before he got there. Mm. I'm not saying that he was going to fix them, but I, it's that argument that I, I have with you a lot about Nathan Brown. Um, unless you've got a good guy coming through that you think is going to do a better job, is sacking them or getting rid of them really what's going to do it? Like, it's not like the Bulldogs are going to announce Craig Bellamy or Trent Robinson as the Bulldogs coach. Yeah. You know, um, I know there's been a lot of talk about Shane Flanagan. He will be allowed to coach again from the 1st of November this year. So it kind of fits that he could take that spot. But do the Bulldogs want another coach with a son in the team? Like, it seems to be the trend now. Um I don't know. I think if we want to keep Reese Walsh, maybe we have to talk to his dad about becoming the Warriors coach. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. The Bulldogs, they've got a good squad um, in bits and pieces. I think they're still missing a lot. I think next year with um, some of the players coming in, they're going to be a bit stronger. But, you know, does that, do they start all over again with a new coach and a new mindset? It's, it's hard to, hard to say. And also, does Trent Barrett leaving have any have any effect on their playing roster as it is? I mean, this is a segue probably into another bit of news, but with Naden already jumping ship, so maybe with Barrett leaving, it might have an effect on the playing roster as it is? Yeah, maybe. I, I know um, Burton and um, Kakao have um, both come out and said that they're, they're still looking at being Bulldogs, but... Um, Everyone's saying Burton's going to be looking at his options uh, come yeah. November. So he might not be there if he gets offered a better deal um, somewhere. I'm sure some teams will be interested. He, he's a hell of a player. Um, mm. But, yeah, I, I don't think too many of them will leave. Uh, I I don't know if Barrett was the, the reason a lot of players would go into the Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, I think it was either money or an opportunity. Um, that they weren't getting elsewhere. So I, I don't think we'll see too many struggles there. It, it all depends on who they bring in. Um, whoever they bring in might encourage other players to to join as well. It, it, you just don't know. But, yeah, we'll we'll go on to the next bit of news. As you said, Brent Naden, he's left the Bulldogs effective immediately and joined the Tigers on a two-year deal. Um, what's your take on that? Um, I, it's... It's not really a, a breakout signing by any means, but he's a handy footballer when his mind's on the game. Yeah, you're right. He, he can be a handy player. Um, we saw with Penrith, he did some good things at Penrith, but coming to the Bulldogs, obviously not quite as rosy. The club at the Bulldogs is having a lot more of a tough time of it than what he was used to at the Panthers, so... Going to the Tigers is a bit of a sidestep rather than a step forward maybe or maybe a slight step forward in, in quality. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. 
Yeah, um, he, he's probably less likely to get a wooden spoon there now, um, yeah. given how how the Bulldogs and the Knights have been going. The Tigers might might be lucky there. So um, yeah, good luck on him with that. Um, See, so yeah, Simon said that he thinks um, Phil may be a danger for a new coach. Yeah, uh, good old Phil Gould's the the coach killer, really, isn't he? Wherever yeah, he goes, yes. coaches are left in his wake. Um, it's good. How did how did Nathan Brown survive then? I think Gould just wasn't here long enough, he and wasn't. I guess yeah. in that situation, the Warriors brought him in with a, a set job of working on the pathways and development, yeah. as opposed to the organization on a whole. Um, I think, yeah, if he was in charge of the club completely, there probably would have been a lot of people <laughs> no longer there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is going to be an ongoing story, I think, for some time, um, the whole Bulldog situation. So we'll probably be talking about it every week until we get an official announcement on who the new coach will be. Um, we'll just have to wait and see if Mick Potter can um, get this team into uh, a competitive unit for the rest of the year. Mm. Um, but next bit of news, we'll, we'll go into some uh, re-signings, if you will. Um, Mike Osivo from the Eels, he's exercised his player option to remain with the Eels for next season. Um, he's been he's yet to play this year due to that knee injury he had, but he could return this week. He's been named on the extended bench. Um, what's your take on Sivo um, extending a stay there? I kind of feel like he was always going to stay. Feel it'd be weird to see him playing in another jersey. I feel like he'll be with the Eels until he decides to hang up the boots. To be honest, yeah, it is tough seeing him in, a, in another jersey. He's done a lot of good things with Parramatta, so good for good for him and good for them that he's remained an Eel. Just need to see him out on the field again now and um, see him doing his thing. Yeah, exactly, and um. Edric Lee, speaking of wingers signing, Edric Lee has signed a two-year deal with the Dolphins. So the Dolphins, are, they've nabbed another one. Um, still still not a, a breakout marquee signing. Um, but I think he's handy. They've got a, a few young players in their backs that they've signed. So having a guy like him, where he's not a world beater, but he's been around. Um, he knows how to score a try if you give him an opportunity. But he's got some experience, which they're going to need in that back line especially if they don't get a Munster or a Ponga. Well, they're definitely not getting Ponga now, but mm. they don't get one of those experienced heads in that back line. They, they just need a little bit of a mix. Um, it's always going to be a bit of a, a, a lottery, I think, in that first year with the Dolphins with um, kind of an ad hoc team. But I, I think it's a handy pickup for what they can currently get. Yeah, it is a handy enough signing. Like you say, it's not anything marquee yet and everybody's still uh, waiting and seeing on what the Dolphins, what rabbit the Dolphins can pull out of the hat in terms of a big signing, but it's a handy enough signing to, to help fill their roster. Yeah, definitely. And Anthony Milford, we announced a few weeks ago that he had joined the Knights. He is now going to make his um, return to the NRL. He's been named in the Haas for the Knights this week against his former club. Seems to be an ongoing trend this year. That a lot of people are making their debuts against their former club. Um, but I, the Knights need all the help they can get, to be brutally honest. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he goes if having him in there takes some pressure off Kalen Ponga and lets him just do a bit more of the free-flowing football that he is so good at. Um, what's your take? Do you think Milford's going to 
make the Knights the superstars they should be? Um, I'm not sure that he's going to save them from where they currently are. I mean, we've seen Milford contributing to the Broncos being a bottom four team the past few years. So we know on his day he can be brilliant, but we've seen two versions of Milford the past four or five years. So, um, and he, this week he's going to be lacking a lot of football, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Lacking a lot of NRL game time. So it might take a couple of weeks till we see anywhere near his best. But um, yeah, uh, an on-form Anthony Milford will have help the Knights. So we wait and see what version of Anthony comes out for them. Definitely. Um, yeah, I think the Knights are going to um, still keep you in the running in your predictions and be a wooden spoon contender for the rest of the year. So I don't see him doing anything amazing, mm. but um, yeah, we'll we'll get into their game um, in a little bit. But next bit of news is David Kidwell. It's kind of a, a two for one here. David Kidwell stepped down as the Eels assistant coach to join Michael Checker to become the defensive coach for the Argentina rugby team um, ahead of the 2023 Rugby World Cup. He does wish, however, to remain the Maldi All-Stars coach. He said that um, there's no conflict there because it's an off period of time. Um, I'll get your take on it, but I'll add with the Cheka. It was an interesting fact I found that um, Cheka is actually not only the Argentine rugby union coach, he's also the Lebanon rugby league coach. Um, there's no word if he's going to step down from that job or if he's going to go back to back with World Cups. Um, so I thought that was just an interesting note to add to it. But what's your take on Kidwell um, leaving to go to that dirty rugby union? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Definitely not one I saw coming. I know rugby union teams have, have liked in the past using uh, league league coaches as defensive coaches. It seems to have been a trend. Um but yeah, it's an interesting one. He won't be able to say his key is in the Wii anymore. He has to come up with a new one. But uh, yeah, good for him. Yeah, I, I think to be honest, he was never going to become a first-rate head coach. Yeah, agree. So um, I think this this gives him a chance to to do something a little bit different. Maybe this is something that he sees that could help him come back to the NRL and become a first-grade coach um by going off and and learning um mm. a new facet it, it's always it's always good to see coaches just like players sometimes you have to to go and do something different to learn and add to your repertoire so i i hope it does well for him um yeah i i'm just more interested in seeing if taker um is going to be at the the world cup um, yeah. yeah, um, it's just an interesting prospect. I know Checker has done a lot of work with NRL clubs. Like he felt like what I just said with Kidwell, he's gone and um, done time with a, a few NRL clubs, just learning from the coaches there just to see um, what he can do to add to his his coaching skill set. So, mm. um, yeah, good luck to Argentina in the World Cup, but not too much. Um but speaking of coaches, there, there's a handy coach called Craig Bellamy who's decided to stick around another year. It came out about an hour ago. He announced that he is going to be coaching the Melbourne Storm in 2023. Um, we were talking before we, we jumped on, and I said I feel like he might have got a tap on the shoulder by the Storm to kind of make a, his intentions known early so they can kind of convince um, with 
um, Cameron Munster. I know a lot of talk about Cameron Munster, if he's going to stay or go, was very dependent on what Bellamy was going to be doing. So I think it's kind of, I'm not going to say that's the sole reason. You know, I honestly don't see anyone in the assistance that the Storm have that could take over from him. Um, I don't see the Storm go giving Stephen Kearney the keys. So, um, yeah, I think they, they probably wanted another year so they could figure out what they're going to do post Bellamy. I know he's going to stay with the organization as like a, a almost a, a coach's coach, if you will. Mm. But yeah, I think they still need time. I, I don't see anyone jumping in and taking the storm over anytime soon. It's massive, massive shoes to fill, isn't it? That's a proven winning formula over a number of years now. I actually wouldn't mind seeing Kearney get the reins there and see, see what he see how the club runs with somebody like Kearney there would be a laugh and a half would be interesting yeah and um yeah Simon's mentioned um being Lebanon coach would be a problem with the World Cup um looking to clash with the November internationals um and rugby union sure um but yeah it's um yeah I'm sure I'm sure they'll they'll figure something out for there it's not like Lebanon's a, a powerhouse in the rugby league um world as it is but um my last bit of news before we get into um casualty ward and naughty boy corner is some more breaking news for the the women's game um newcastle knights have um swooped in and got the signings of the century they have managed to get millie boyle and tamika upton from the broncos um joining them for the upcoming season which starts in august um, two of the Broncos' best, if not two of the best players in the NRLW, um, Millie Boyle, best front rower in the game. I think Tamika Upton's one of the best fullbacks running around as well. Um, so what's your take on them joining the Knights? Yeah, it's massive. It, imagine Payne Harsh joining the Warriors or something like that. It's you know, it's that kind of magnitude. Obviously, your mate Brad, you, you tipped a... Uh, Nice Dallium tip after the NRLW. So, um, yeah, massive for the Knights and a bit of a blow for the Broncos coming season as well. Yeah, definitely. It's probably a, a double blow after they um, lost their first time of being um, champions after being champions yeah. in every competition. They they don't get though, the honours um, at the beginning of the season and now they've lost two of their best. So be interesting to see how they go. Um, once um, the 2022 season gets underway in August. So we'll um, look forward to when that happens so we can talk about some more footy. Um, but yeah, we'll go into casualty ward. Um, there's a few, unfortunately. Um, we'll start with Melbourne. Um, Nelson Asofa Solomona has injured his knee against the Panthers. There's no word on when he'll return. They think it could be a couple of weeks. Um, I couldn't get an official definition of what he did to his knee. Um, but it doesn't sound like he needs surgery, so that is a positive for him. Um, what's your your take on that? We obviously we're going to talk at length about that storm performance in the weekend, but losing Big Nelson up the middle, um, do you think that's going to be um, detrimental to the storm, or will they just chug yeah? On? You know, it's it's not going to be ideal. Given what we've we've seen the weekend just gone, and they're already missing Pappen, Pappenhausen, other key players. So, yeah, not ideal timing for the Storm, but yeah, we'll wait and see how how they go. But 
he is a big part of their forward pack for sure. Yeah, and I see Simon just said we're a bit harsh on Stephen Kearney. Um, I think Stephen Kearney's a fantastic assistant. I just mm. don't think he's got what it takes to be a head coach. Yeah. Um, happily be proven wrong if he gets the honours at the Storm and um, takes him to success. I feel like you don't even have to be a good coach to coach the Storm. Um, I feel like they've got everything there. Um, but that's everything that Bellamy set in place. So if a new guy comes in, maybe that all falls apart. Yeah, go. But um, yeah, if if I had to pick an assistant for me, if I was a head coach, I would um, have no issues bringing Kearney in because he seems to really be good in that next rung down. Um, I don't know what it is. Some coaches, um, I put it with the Barrett scenario. I think Barrett's in the same boat. Mm. Um, I think he's a fan. He was a great assistant at Penrith. Um, when you give him the the keys to the car, though, he seems to drive it off the side of a cliff. So. Yeah, um, interesting. It, I, I'm sounding more and more harsh as we go. You are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop here. Um, back to the the casualty ward. Um, Roosters have lost Victor Radley. He's gonna miss several weeks after suffering. I've got it written down because I'm no doctor. A su- suspected syndesmosis injury. I don't even know what that is, um, but it's a couple of weeks, so it's. It's not good for the Roosters. I think Radley's one of their live wires. So um, I think they'll still be in good stead. They've got they've got a hard game this week. So he mm. would have been really vital to them when they're playing the Panthers. But um, hopefully it doesn't derail them until he returns. Um, but yeah, speaking of big players, Dale Finucane for the Sharks, he's going to miss a week after getting a head knock and a knee injury in their game against the Raiders. I feel like that's a big loss. Um, what's your take on Radley and Finucane? They're both kind of key key players in the forward packs of their respective sides. Yeah, they are. I mean, Radley does so much. He's, he's a workhorse, does so much, obviously, defensively, a very, very aggressive defender, but also as a link man on attack. So um, it's, it's bad timing for him too because it's looking like... It, It'll affect his origin selection chances. So um, yeah. it's a shame for Victor. And also Finucane, obviously, he's been brought in as skipper. And, and again, same thing. Workhorse does a truckload of work. So um, the Sharks are already missing some key players. And that seemed to have affected them the weekend just gone as well. So, yeah, that's not a nice one for the Sharks. Yeah, and an unfortunate injury for Rabbitoh Jacob Host. Um, he's going to miss a few months after injuring his shoulder in the opening minutes of the Rabbitohs clash with the Warriors. It was kind of heartbreaking to see. He was just coming back mm. from injuries, and it was it felt like it was in the first two or three minutes. And yep. um, it was all over social media later on. I think it was um, Bloke in a Bar. They had the footage um, of the changing sheds when they were like putting his shoulder back into place, and he was... He was sucking down on the green whistle. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you could see when he was on the sidelines, he was devastated. And you never want to see a player go down. Um, it was during a Warriors game, though, so I was a, a little bit more optimistic going the Warriors might have a shot here with them losing a player. Um, but, yeah, you never want to see a player get injured in that way. Um, and hopefully after surgery he bounces back and, and helps the Rabbitohs towards the end of the season. Yeah, not nice. Not nice, especially seeing the footage of him in pain. It's yeah, it's no. not not the best watch. So best wishes for his recovery. 
Yeah, and uh, the Dragons have lost Josh Maguire. He's out for a few weeks after injuring his groin. Um, not a CHT type of injury, but um, a bad one nonetheless. Um, yeah, I I think the the Dragons um, probably would have got the win in the weekend if Maguire was able to stay on. I know he did get Simbined at the same time. It was kind of the double-edged sword. He did his groin and got Simbined. Um but, yeah, I feel like they lost a bit of punch up the middle without him there. Yeah, yeah. You could be, you could be right, Brad. Perhaps they do go on with, with the win if he stayed on. So, uh, yeah, unfortunate for the Dragons and for Maguire. He's had a run of injuries recently. So, yeah, yeah it's a shame. But, hey, watching the Dragons lose makes my weekend a little bit sweeter. So that's fine with me. Sure. Um, last two injuries I've got here, I've got... Um, Ben, ben Travojevic, he's been left out of this week's match after aggravating an AC joint. Um, apparently, he had a bit of an issue with it earlier on. Um, and it's they said it's nothing too severe, but they're giving him like a week just to rest. And Tamara Martin from the Broncos, he had a hip flexor injury, um, and he'll need to pass a fitness test to play, um, to play this week. So they've named him, but they're, they're giving him every chance to play. He's just got to prove his fitness. Um any takes on those two injuries before we move on to my favourite segment? Um, yeah, Tamari Martin's been really solid for the Broncos, so it'd be good if he's able to play this week. If not, then hopefully it's just a week because he's been a good foil for their playmakers. So, yeah, um, yeah. and Burbo. I'll wish them both a quick recovery. Yeah, so that was our casualty award. So we're going into Naughty Boy Corner now. Um, no suspensions this week, unfortunately. Um, but there were a handful of fines. Um, every player charged, they entered an early guilty plea. So um, there was, I think there was only one that was at risk of seeing some time on the sidelines, but got them in order here. Um, Cowboy Tom Gilbert, he was fined three grand for a grade one careless high tackle. Um, Nick Meany from the Storm got $750 for a grade one careless high tackle as well. Um, Sam McIntyre from the Titans, he got a grand for a grade one dangerous contact. Um, Warrior Jack Murchie also got $1,000 for a grade one dangerous contact. Bulldog Chris Patalo, uh, probably butchered that name. He got a grand for a grade one careless high tackle. And then Siegel um, Tof, uh, Tof Sipley, he got a grand for a grade one dangerous contact. So, um, yeah. I think Simon's kind of said the same. Um, the game's cleaned up. Mm. It's um, yeah. It's I think it's the first week that we haven't had a suspension since the show started this season. Um, but yeah, good to see. I, I think we we probably cover it a bit in the next segment when we go over the games. There was a few simbins, mm. um, some right, some wrong, um, as is always the case. But with that, we may as well get into the magic round. So I will. Um, pass the floor to you thank you sir it's no thursday night games over magic round so to kick off magic round game of the century bulldogs versus knights potential wooden spoon battle um the knights getting this one 16 to 6 three tries to one for the knights edrick lee bradman best and adam clune with the game sealer with the three tries for the knights and josh adokar with the sole try for the bulldogs yeah, the Knights snapped their losing streak, Brad, and um, 
do so at the expense of the Bulldogs who are put back down to the back down to last place. Yeah. Um yeah, ugly win, but as you said, mm. um after a seven game losing streak, I think the Knights wouldn't care how they got the win. They just yeah. wanted to get the get the win done, which they did. Um for the Knights, I think Mitch Barnett had a stormer in his first game back after suspension. Yeah. Um just really hope he plays like he did in that game for the Warriors next year. Um wasn't a polished performance by any means from the Knights, but I think they dug deep and they just played simple footy um, and got the results. Um, they should get some confidence from this, but they do have a game against the Broncos this week, which is going to be real tough. Um, the Bulldogs, I don't know what you could say. I thought they, they looked the better side in the first half, but that second half um, was just woeful. It won't be the last time I talk about a team having a shocking half. Um, they got themselves into good field position, but they can't score points. Um, they, yeah, poor handling in the second half was the nail in the coffin, not only for this game, but for their coach. Mm. And, um, yeah, Matt Burden had a few moments to shine, including that great kick that set off that their only try for the game. Um, but I don't know if he has it in him to be the savior for this club, like everyone thought he would. He's a great player, he just needs help. Um, it's, I feel at the at the moment it's all um, the Bulldogs is all about Burton and Adokar, and if they aren't playing 100%, the Bulldogs are in trouble. Um, they've got some good players coming next year as well, but you can't start thinking about next year when you still got half a year to go here. Yeah, I tend to agree with what you say about Burton and Adokar looking like lone rangers out there. You can tell that those two players look like the two that have come from really polished sides. Um other than that, it's hard to see where points come from with the Bulldogs. Their attack's been really poor. Um, but even the the defence wasn't the flashiest. I mean, normally they've been showing a bit of grit on defence at times this year, but the game sealer for Adam Clune, where he threw a dummy on the inside and, and looked like Matt Dufty just gave up and stood there on the spot, is sort of typified where I thought they are at, so probably rightfully sitting where they are on the table. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. There was a question. Um, oh, we'll answer it now. Um, Mikey was just asking, does the club or the player pay the fine? I believe it's the player. Um, yeah, they have to pay out of their own money, which is why you see some smaller ones for the young players that don't have the the million dollar contracts. They sometimes get a, a small, like Nick Meany got seven hundred fifty. Yeah. Um, not just um, he he hasn't had a lot of charges, which probably helped him there but you're not going to go give him a, a massive one. But then Tom Gilbert's not on a lot of money, I wouldn't imagine. So three grand's going to hurt him in his pocket. Mate, 750, I'd be out on the street. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's move on to the next Friday game. Um, yeah. Brad won't like this one. Broncos yeah. 38, Manly Seagulls 0, the big donor. Six tries to 0 for the Broncos. Sal and Cobo, hat-trick hero, got 3. Adam Reynolds, who is in a very big purple patch of form. He got one. And Corey Oates grabbed the double. Um, six from six off the tee for Reynolds as well. So that rounds out the scoring. Nothing nothing from the Sea Eagles to for me to read out. Uh, yeah, dominant, Brad. We didn't see that. Well, I certainly didn't see that scoreline coming. But um, Adam Reynolds, I think, are we having the conversation of him being the buyer of the year now? I mean, He's got this team humming now that he's back in form. 
I think so. Um, yeah, um, just like you said, I didn't see this result coming. I'm not surprised that the Broncos won, but it's more the way they won. Um, I thought this was going to be a close contest. Um, yeah, as you said, um, Reynolds, I think he was unbelievable again. His solo try, not only the fact he was 100% at the kicking tee, but he got Amazing. that nice, he had the ball on a string, that cliche mm. that is always there. Um, and it's just great to see him hit the ground running um, with Brisbane. I feel like all the um, Rabbitohs fans um, that were sitting in that stadium would be going like, why? Why do we let yeah. him go? Yeah. Um, but it wasn't just him out there for the Broncos. I think Selwyn Cobbo had his breakout game. Um, he's had a lot of issues this year with keeping the um, hold of the ball. Um, but, man, look at what he can do when he doesn't have a case of the dropsies. And um, his wing partner on the other side, Corey Oates, was great too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've got here, they they scored five tries between them and they almost ran for uh, 500 metres. Um, but I don't want to talk about the the backs all the time because they, they don't do bugger all, really. And the big means of things, I think the forwards did their job well. Um, Payne Haas isn't a solo soldier anymore with the Broncos. He's got um, a lot of his teammates in the pack doing their part too. And the Broncos are just reaping the rewards. Um, they dominated possession they never let manly have a chance and for manly side of things um just lost for words i think i've got a stat here they didn't get a tackle inside the broncos 20 meter until until the 27th minute wow um tommy turbo he he's out there but i'm sure he's still injured because he's not really having any impact on the games um they were just smothered putting it blatantly um their forwards weren't bending the line, and uh, DCE, as good as he has been, he can't do much behind a flat track, um, a flat pack, sorry. Um, then my predicted, my predicted minor premiers don't even look like making the top eight right now. Yeah, well, yeah, I think maybe it's just, hopefully for your sake, Brad, it's just an anomaly. Like, like you say, it doesn't look like Turbo's 100% out there. I mean, Normally, when he's 100% fit, he's getting a lot more involvement and touches than what we saw from him. But you're right; they just got they just got out worked by the Broncos, really. So, not much more to add. No. Let's move on to the Warriors game. The first Saturday game: Rabbitohs 32, Warriors 30. Uh, it was yeah, a true game of two halves, Brad. So. Six tries to five. Tane Milne grabbing a double. Alex Johnston grabbing one. Blake Taff grabbing one. Damian Cook grabbing one. And Lachlan Ilias. For the Warriors, Montoya, Pompey, Jazz Tavanga, Dejan Arce, and Marcelo Montoya. Marcelo Montoya's first try coming in the 39th minute just before halftime. And then all the rest of the tries coming in the second half. So halftime you and I messaging each other not the happiest chappies I think it's fair to say and and yeah what do you start Brad it looked like Rabbitohs were just creating overlaps at, at will and our defensive structure looked all out at sea um, but the positive side of things we came out in the second half and actually put up some fight but what, what did you make of it I'm interested I'm interested to get your take on it Oh, yeah, horrible first half. Um, mm. It was, but I know we're all sitting here, we're, we're Warriors fans, so we, we gravitate towards talking about them, but I thought the Rabbitohs had a great effort in that first half. Um, 
The Warriors did start well. They were forcing repeat sets for the first couple of minutes, but once mm. Souths got hold of the ball, it was all over. Um, their forwards dominated the middle, um, and by dominating the middle, I found that the Warriors' defensive line started to bunch up. They started to, to huddle around in the middle, which left the edges exposed. And then as soon as that happened, the Rabbitohs just took advantage, flicking out to the edges. Um, Cody Walker looked to finally take control of the team, um, and it worked. But yeah, it was just soft Warriors defense. They looked like strangers. Um, I've said it a lot in my writing um, the last few weeks, but Justin Morgan has to go. I know everyone wants Nathan Brown fired, but I want Justin Morgan gone first. Justin Morgan was there before Brown, and um, the defense has been a concern for mm. a long time. So, And it, it's got his fingerprints all over it. Um, I don't know. I, I think I mentioned in my review this week that um, Kevin Campion's back with the club. Just talk to him and go, mate. Can you, can you just be our defensive coach? Um, I don't know if he'd be interested in that doing that, but Morgan just hasn't really delivered the moment he stepped foot in the club um, as a player and as a coach. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but then saying that, in the second half, the Warriors um, were a completely different side. They, um, I'm not sure if they woke up or if the Rabbitohs just decided that they'd already got the win, so they were going to take their foot off the gas. Um, but, yeah, the Warriors almost got that that comeback victory. Um, Reese Walsh got himself in the contest. He was looking mm. dangerous. Um, Tohu Harris made his return um, from his mm. injury, and he only got to play 29 minutes, but I think he made it count. He, The Warriors did look a lot better with him out there, and his short ball to Bunty Afoa, um, putting, putting that, that beautiful prop into space was um, a sight to behold. Um, Warriors have a favourable fortnight coming up. There's two, I know it's the cliche, there's no such thing as an easy game in the NRL, but they're very favourable. Um, and if they play like they did in the second half, they should get two wins. If they play like they did in the first half, they should get two losses. Um, it's really mm. as simple as that. But um, yeah, what's your take? Um, I know we're, we're a PG show here, so you can't talk about what you were talking about when you were messaging me, but <laughs> yeah, you're right about the two coming games. I think it's season defining. I think it's dragons and knights. If I'm, yep. am I correct? Yeah. So I think if we're losing those, yeah, I'm, I'm really starting to worry, but with this game, yeah, agree with everything you said. It's just, we started well, like you said, we got some re repeat sets and we're putting, applying pressure like we wanted to see from the boys. But then on the other side of the coin, as soon as they got the ball, it was overlap try. Seemed like seemed like almost every time they were in our red zone in the first half. So, um, And then we had problems like once we were behind, we had Sean Johnson doing a kick on, the, on zero tackle, which it just looked like we were, you know, frantic and, and sort of out of ideas. So just trying things where really in that situation, I'd be – trying to build pressure and you know it was on halfway we could have on zero tackle build some pressure try and try and grind our way back into the game but yeah I mean great second half um, I just want to go back to the defense with you Brad like because that seems to be our main Arkley's heel um, we do we look super compressed and a lot of people like to blame the wingers for rushing in but 
when you look look at the wide angle, we're so compressed in the middle that it's almost like they're left with no choice. So, um, yeah. What what do you what do you what are your ideas on that? Do you have any? I just told you we get rid of Justin Morgan. Is um, that? But that, I that, mean, that, that's not going to happen as a sh- short term fix. Is it something we can fix? Um, I think so. I I was in a little bit of a, a Twitter chat with a, a few guys um, like Fonzie does a podcast as well um he was the one who kind of highlighted it because i'm one of those guys that likes to just blame the edges um as a forward i don't like blaming the middle um but they they were showing screenshots and stuff of like you said everyone bunched in the middle and i kind of put the question out um there i didn't really get an answer because i was trying to steal it from my writing um but they um Said I wasn't sure if it was just a lack of trust in the defensive line, or if the inexperienced Reese Walsh isn't making the right calls out the back. As you know, mm. the full kind of tells everyone where to go. Um, but I said, as a as a former front rower that doesn't like moving out of that middle, um, in those situations, even if we if Reese isn't doing his job, saying we've got to hold out to the left or to the right or whatever. Um, your wingers and your centers should still be able to call to their inside men saying, mm-hmm. you've got to come out, you know, you, you've played as well. You, you hear it all the time saying like, we've got an overlap or something, come out, come out, come out. So I don't know if they're just not talking or if they are talking. But How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. They're not listening. I don't know. Um, it's it's real hard. I was never a great defender by any means. So I can't offer any pills of wisdom. Uh, me neither, Brad. If I wasn't high tackling somebody, I was probably missing the tackle. So, uh, <laughs> won't get any good advice out of me. Um, the next Saturday game was the Titans getting the Dragons twenty to sixteen, winning in Golden Point. Um, I think I'd tip Dragons, and you and Simon probably tip Titans, I believe. So, um, that was a it was a bit of a shame. I was hoping the Golden Point would go the other way. 
But it was four tries, four tries to three. Um, AJ Brimson, Bo Fermor, Jared Wallace, and Jermaine Asako getting the golden point try for the Titans. And for the Dragons, Matthew Fengai, uh, Jack DeBellin, and Moses Suli getting the three tries. Real roller coaster finish. Um, glad I'm not a supporter of either team, Brad. Just, uh, yeah, I'd have no hair left weird at all. Uh, missed, missed field goals knock-ons right in front of the posts it was um <laughs> it's hard to see who was going to pick up the win but the uh titans managed to get it done with a try in the corner for Asako. um yeah what did you make of the game yeah um i i think this was the game of the of the saturday to be honest um we were watching in the house and like every the game coming up was the the marquee game of the the round um, so the rest of my house were like, we're going to go piss off and do do something else when this game is on, and then we'll come back for the Storm Panthers game. And I was like, no, I'll watch it. I, you know, I just want to see the Dragons lose here. So um, I stuck around, and it was thoroughly enjoyable. Um, mm. I'm not a fan of either team by any means, but um, I like seeing Isako. You know, he, he tried to get the field goals and Golden Point to get the win shank them both and then um mm. think the the titans played smarter here where the dragons just got laser focused on we're going to stop the field goals so they left themselves exposed out on the edges they quickly flick it out and Osako got the win that he was trying to get earlier on um but for the titans um i thought Jaden campbell was mm. outstanding in his return um and it was a, just a decent effort overall from Gold Coast. Big Tino, I think, had a mixed bag, but the positives outweighed the negatives. Um, still a lot of work to be done for the Gold Coast, um, but if they, they are building, and if they get the right David Fafita back from injury, um, they could be a dangerous side. For the Dragons, um, there's not a lot to criticise for them either, really. Um, I thought Ben Hunt was good for them. A few missed opportunities that he may look back on with regret, but... Yeah. I think they played well enough to win, um, but I think letting Jared Wallace get that try in the back end of the regular time kind of deflated them, and they never really got back into it. Um, but yeah, once it was golden point, the Dragons just, um, they didn't get a lot of chances, really. It was kind of all the Titans. It was just watching to see when the Titans would get that winning shot or mm. the winning try that would be. Um but yeah, I think um, they'll be elated to get that win. Dragons will be disappointed, but I don't think they'll be as disappointed as some other teams that lost this week. I think they could take a lot of positives out of this result. Yeah, you you did write about the Dragons probably being disappointed to let Wallace score in the last ten, um, uh, and and letting that sort of suck the suck the energy out of them because it really, especially in that weather, turns Golden Point into a bit of a lottery, doesn't it? As yeah, it, and as it turned out wasn't the field goal it was a sarko sticking to his wing that was the winner so um as you say the the game that was meant to be the big game on the saturday the last game the panthers big winners over the storm 32 to 6 um i tipped the panthers and i for the first time not picking the storm i thought with all their injuries they they would struggle but i didn't think it would be to that extent 32 to no. 6 um five tries to one Isaac Tago, Fuliami Kikau, Tago got two actually. Jerome Luai and Stephen Crichton. So all your all your regular suspects 
yeah. get, getting the points. And just one try to the Storm, Nick Meany, 20 to 6 at half time. And then they they sealed the deal with another 12 points in the second half. So where did it go wrong for the Storm, Brad? Um, yeah, I was pretty disappointed um, in not only the Storm, but in this match in general. Um, I think it's, it's been no secret on the show. We kind of seen the, my evolution on the show as a host. I started the show loving the Panthers, hating Manly. Um, and then I grew to love Manly hate the panthers and hate the dragons dragons i don't know what the dragons did to me but something happened but i really just don't like the panthers anymore i i feel like they're they're arrogant and they're they're dirty players um at the best of times but they dominated the storm here i can't even make excuses i know the storm were playing without hughes and pappenhausen had i known jerome hughes wasn't going to play in this game i probably not would not have picked the storm um, I kind of thought they would fill in the gap with Pippenhausen. Um, but yeah, losing Hughes was a big impact. But like we said before we went live tonight, the Storm aren't a team that make that excuse of injuries. Like if they have an injury or they have a player missing, they're usually fine. Like I think I said it on our previews last week mm. that without Pippenhausen, they'd find the next big thing, the next superstar fullback would just magically, um, develop in this game and it didn't happen it's i i'm gonna sound very facetious here but it was a warriors like performance from the storm um they just yeah they made 13 errors which i don't think i've ever said about the storm they missed 46 tackles which i don't mm. think we ever said about the storm either um the only thing i will say is i feel for the cowboys because they have to face the storm this mm. week and i think they'll be looking for redemption and i don't even want to know what it was like in the the changing sheds with craig bellamy after that performance because um craig bellamy is um very angry when the storm win 32 to 6 let alone losing like this mm. but yeah panthers um before i give it back to you panthers they just dominated their forwards were constantly getting them marching up the field and then clary and luai just had a field day um it was a real good showing from them um i think they're going to coast through to origin um with relative ease this was their biggest hurdle up until the origin period we're just going to have to wait and see how they do in that origin period with um a lot of players um missing due to origin commitments um i know they they i think they got their first loss this time last year in origin if i'm correct i could be wrong yeah. um but they've already got that first loss out of the way. But um, thankfully, the Warriors get to play them in that bit of form. So hopefully that helps us out. Yeah, they really responded well to the loss um, the previous week, didn't they? Um, yeah. They took full advantage of the Storm being down on, on key troops. You mentioned the Panthers forwards. Um, their run meters, uh, 1,652. The Storm only 980. So that speaks to the dominance up front, and then the playmakers just got an arm, armchair ride. Both of them playing well. Cleary, Luai in particular, I thought had a, a good game this game. He got a try, two try assists and a line break assist. So, yeah, it was a walk in the park for the Panthers, um, unfortunately for people like Brad who despise the Panthers. Yeah. Um, another turn up for the books, Sunday's game, the Raiders 30, Sharks 10. 
I think we all picked the Sharks and probably rightfully so on form, but kind of poetic poetic for me, Brad. I mean, we, we struggled to score against an 11-man Sharks and it, it, it came back to bite the Sharks. I don't think I've heard Buzz Rothfield on NRL 360 say anything about this one, even though no. he was so... Even though he was so keen to talk about the Warriors struggling against eleven men, um, but that's my little rant about them. Um, but five tries to two: Sebastian, Chris, uh, Josh Papali, Corey Hardaway, Nida, Brad Schneider, and Hudson Young getting the tries for the Raiders. Sione Katoa and Reese Royce Hunt for the Sharks getting the two tries. Like I said, three Sinbins, CNK with one Corey Horsburgh and Elliot Whitehead. At one point, the Raiders were down to 11, uh, but 20 nil at half time to the Raiders, and they did not fade. No. No. Um, yeah, as you said, three Simbins to the Raiders, and they still got the upset win. Um, yeah, so Sharks, they now know the Warriors' pain about unable, being unable to score against a, a team with less players. Um, Canberra just fought hard. Um, I know Simon's been waiting to talk about this game, I'm sure. Um, nothing, there was nothing flashy and it worked. Um, I think if you've been as poor as the Raiders have been, and as I, I think, as I talked about the Knights as well, you don't have to come out and be a superstar highlight real team. You just, you get the basics done. Odds are you're going to put yourself in the driver's seat to get the win. Mm. Um, it's something I hope the Warriors take a lesson on, but, um, yeah, they got the win here, and they wouldn't be denied. They had the, the odds stacked against them. They got into that second half where they, they seemed to disappear, and they just dug in deep. Um, fantastic to see them get the win here. Um, really, I think they'll be really proud of that effort. Um, it's hard to really highlight anyone. Um, I think they all played well. Mm. Um, fantastic for them. And, um, yeah, very good to see them win. Um, the Sharks... They just looked off. Um, I know we, we talked about it a little bit earlier um, before we jumped on, but I'm not sure what was going on. Um, but they were making silly errors, and it could be perhaps to putting Nico Hines back at fullback. Yeah. Um, I, he's kind of been one of the best halves running around the comp at the moment. You kind of put him up there with um, Adam Reynolds, DCE, Cleary. And, um, yeah, putting him out to fullback, I think – it fixed the hole that they had with not all Kennedy, but it made them a worse outfit because of it. They fixed that this week. They've moved them back into the halves, um, but I think it was a harsh lesson for them to learn. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a lot more to add on that, Brad. Other than yeah, I agree. We were talking about it beforehand. It was it's just a weird one for me to take Pines, who had been playing so well at half, and I know we all know he's he's a good fullback as well, but just seemed to upset the balance of their spine for me. So, um, yeah, unfortunate. But like I say, I, I didn't, it didn't, um, I didn't really feel sorry for them struggling to score against 11 men, put it that way. <laughs> um, yeah. The next game was the Roosters 31 over the Eels 24. Five tries to four for the Roosters, Jared Wadia Hargraves, James Tedesco, Sam Walker, and young gun Joseph Suwali grabbing a d- double to start start to deliver on a bit of that hype. Four tries for the Eels, Isaiah Papali'i grabbing a double, Mitch Moses and Ryan Madison rounding out the try scoring for the Eels. 
21 6 at half time. I'm not sure, I can't remember how you tipped, Brad. I certainly tipped the Eels, even though Bruce is in my Premier's tip. It seemed on form the Eels, um, having just beaten the Panthers, it looked like the Eels were good for the win here, but they, they were ambushed by the Roosters and kind of we're starting to see a little bit of inconsistency with the Eels. Yeah, I've got my little my little tipping book that I put all our tips in, and all three of us, um, you, me, and Simon, all picked the Eels in this mm. game. Um, so it was one of um, one of a handful of games we all went the same way and got it wrong. Um, one of three, in fact. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good game, though. Um, yeah, plenty of tries for both sides. Um, Joseph Suwali is coming into his own and scored a nice double. Um, he may live up to the hype that's been heaped upon him in time. Um, he's now scored five tries in three games. Um, I think uh, a lot of it is um, there was all that hype and everyone was constantly on him and he wasn't responding. People have kind of forgotten. I'm not going to say forgot about him, but they've backed off the pressure yeah. and he's, he's kind of getting back into it, which is what you want to see. I think the kid's still like 18 or 19 years old. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Sam Walker, speaking of young kids, um, I think he had a fine night out as well. He got a nice solo try and his goal kicking is getting better. Mm. Um, it's still probably his his Achilles heel, but he, he got more than he missed, which is always the name of the game. Um, Jared Warrior Hargraves um, led from the front for the Roosters. And it kind of looks like they're back on the rise, um, which will be great for you and your predictions. Um, but the Eels are just the same old Eels. Um, they can beat anybody on their day, but if they have to grind a win, they crumble. Um, Isaiah Papali'i, I think, was a shining light for them. Um, as you said, he scored two tries, mm. had three tackle breaks, 166 metres. He's going to be a monster for the Tigers next year. Um, mm. Mitchell Moses, he, he did what he could to keep his side in the contest. But I think the mental toughness of this side needs to be addressed um, if they ever want to be a premiership contender. They, um, yeah, as I said, they can beat any team. You know, they're the only team to beat the Panthers and the Storm this year um, together. And, yeah, I just don't know why they can't do it week in, week out. We, we've talked about it almost every year I've done this show. Um, they'll, they'll have some amazing performances and then they peter out. Yeah, I tend to share the same sentiments, mate. I don't have a lot more to add on the game, but on my little notebook, that's exactly what I had written, having watched the game. It's on their day, they beat the Storm, they beat the Panthers, um, but then they, they also lose some games that you think are very winnable games for them. So that sort of it tempers my, tempers my uh, want to put hype on them, you know, after they beat big teams like that. It's like they... they Come, come out and give me a reminder of why it's been a long time between drinks for the Eels and yeah. premier, Premiership hopes. So, um, yeah. The next Sunday game was the Cowboys proving once again maybe they are the real deal, 36-12 to 12 over the Tigers. Seven tries to two for the Cowboys. Scott Drinkwater, Murray Talangi grabbing a double, and we'll talk about his tries as well, which was just insane. Kyle Felt, Ruben Cotter, Peter Hicku, a favourite of ours, and Jeremiah Nanai just yep. keeps scoring uh, for the Tigers, two tries, Junior Tupo on debut, and Luke Garner. 
20 to 12 at halftime and yeah maybe they're the real deal brad they they keep putting on putting on good wins yeah, I thought it was a great game to end Magic Round with. Um, yeah, Talangi started the match with that try assist of the year. Um, I don't know how he got the ball back to drink water, but I don't know what else the Tigers could have done to stop him either. Um, they did everything they could to make sure he didn't get the ball back. He flipped it out of somewhere. Um, it was fantastic. Um, yeah, Cowboys were just great all round. Forwards were on fire. Ruben Cotter... Mm. Um, has been having a hell of a year, and it was great to see a front rower get a 65 meter try. Wasn't um, it? The backs as well, though, they were firing on all cylinders. Townsend and Dearden are really combining well. Um, the outside backs know how to make the most of their chances. And um, I've got on here, they completed 100% of their sets in the first half, um, which is great going. The Tigers, mm. though, um, I thought they played well too. They were just outclassed by a better side. In their first half as well, they completed 83% of mm. their sets as well. So um, a really good half in terms of quality football from both sides. Um, Tigers just lacked a bit of polish, um, but they're a much better side than they were a month ago. Um, and I think it's the Hastings effect. But um, mm. yeah, it's kind of hard to see any team, um, any team below in the bottom eight beating the Cowboys right now, I think are going to be hard press to do it i think it's a legitimate a top four team is probably the only ones the cowboys would be worried about right now yeah i i tend to agree with you the after the start the tigers had i think dropping the first five games who would think that this is where they i mean obviously they lost the game but they look a lot better um yeah. and like you say their their completion was pretty good I think from both teams the errors were really low uh, but the Cowboys, they, yeah, they just look to have all the right ingredients this year. The good back row, good young back row, which will all run hard. Cotter, like you say, is playing out of his skin. I, I took notes on him because I thought you'd like like what he threw out there, being a, a front row fan yourself. 152 metres, 36 tackles, three tackle breaks, one line break, and a big, what did you say, 60 metre try? 65. Fan- 65, maybe fantastic. even 66. Um, I've never been a massive fan of the Cowboys, but I'm really enjoying watching what they're doing this year. It's it's refreshing. Yeah. That was the round. That that was the round. So um, it's probably the longest we've taken. This is what happens when Paul's not here. I know. Um, But we'll bring up the um, tips and then the ladder. So I'll see if I get this right. There we go. Look at that. Um, So the tips, a shocking round for all three of us. Um, (laughs) We all got three out of eight. So even though we had a lot of different um, games, um, we we got several different ones wrong at the time. And as I said, there were some we all agreed on that we got wrong. Um, Seagulls, Broncos, we all picked Seagulls. So we got that wrong. Um, Sharks, Raiders, we all picked the Sharks. It's probably the one time that Simon would have, should have backed his own team. Um, and then the Roosters Eels, we all picked the Eels and got that wrong. Um, so yeah, shocking. So it doesn't change our overall rankings. I'm still leading 51 out of 80. You're a couple behind on 49 mm. out of 80. And then Simon's a couple behind you, 47 out of 80. Simon's already put down his picks. As I saw, you'll give me yours later. Um, there's a few, I can see he's picked a few teams that I didn't. So, um, nice. hopefully you've gone with me and we, we can slowly, take him out of here but the let's see do i get it right if i bring 
go. Later. See, I'm figuring this stuff out. So um, now we've got Melbourne um, are at second. Panthers have now taken solo spot at the top of the ladder. Cowboys are third. Um, Roosters are fourth. So they're, they're getting there for your, your predicted premiership, um, minor premiership there. Sharks um, are now fifth. Eels have gone down to sixth. Broncos have gone up to seventh. And Rabbitohs, after that win against the Warriors, have gone to eighth. Manly is sitting at ninth. Raiders have gone up to 10th. Um, Warriors gone down to 11th. Uh, Dragons 12th. Titans 13th. Then you've got the um, Cellar Dwellers. We've got the Knights sitting at six, uh, at 14 with six points. Then Tigers, Bulldogs, both on four each. And we'll have a definitive wooden spoon contender um, since they are playing each other this week. So um, what's your quick takes on the ladder before we move on? It's all, yeah, there's a little bit of movement. One thing I will say, I haven't been tipping the Broncos a lot this year, but I think it's almost time to start looking them, looking at them in a different light. They've started pouring it on the past few weeks. So, um, yeah, they're the big mover and shaker for me. Yeah. All right. So I will take that down now and we'll move into the next segment. Um, I think Super League is going to get the uh, the argument or the 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 ignoring again. <laughs> um, but I think uh, I had a question from Andrew, um, the editor of the website I write for, Nothing But League. He mm. gave me a question. We have kind of touched on it before, but it was a bit more um, skewed towards the Warriors. So his question was: As New Zealanders. Um, do you think having a second New Zealand team would work? What would this impact the Warriors? Would they have to return to the old Auckland Warriors name? And where could the second team be based? So um, you, I'll let you take that one first. All right. Um, where could they be based? I think there's two options for me. Obviously, South Island, Christchurch, Canterbury, um, or Wellington, somewhere lower North Island. I mean, we've had talks of Wellington Orcas, but also I think if you wanted to look at a South Island-based team, Canterbury uh, could be a good one as well. Um, yep. So either either way there for me. I'm not sure if the Warriors would have to change their name back to the Auckland Warriors. I don't know how happy about that some people might be, but I how I think that we te they're technically the New Zealand Warriors, but they're always yeah. known as the Vodafone Warriors. So I mm. think um, they would just centre more towards staying as Vodafone Warriors. Um, yeah, I think so. Or they would just, I don't think they'd say Auckland. I think if they had to go back, they would probably just do like what the Dolphins are doing. They're hmm. not the Redcliffe Dolphins, they're the Dolphins. Um, so the Warriors would probably, if they don't want to use Vodafone, they would probably just say um, they're the Warriors. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I don't think we'll see the Auckland name um, back. But, yeah, same set. I in terms of how it would impact the Warriors, um, potentially you might see some players... Um, decide to leave the club and go to a new New Zealand team, um, depending on where it's based. Some of the guys that maybe, I, I, it's hard to say because no one's really been in New Zealand for a while now, mm. but um, some of the, the South Island boys, they might want to go closer to home. Um, it's hard to say. Um, I think if the Warriors were that great at getting New Zealand talent right now, I'd say it might affect them there, but mm. they're kind of losing a lot of New Zealand talent to Australian clubs. So mm. it's just kind of the same old, same old. Um, it, once they've got the pathway set up, um, 
for Auckland, um, they might see some leakage that way, but it, it's hard to say because they haven't been that great at retaining the young talent anyway. Mm. I think they would face the same sort of challenges that the Warriors face as well, though, wouldn't they? I mean, to in terms of retention and signing big name players from Australia, it's, it's a tough it's a tough sell on some of those guys to relocate to another country. So there'll always be that, and I think it would really test the yeah the development of young Kiwi juniors. So yeah. And then we had a question from Simon saying, what do you think of the this idea with the North Sydney Bears putting a team in Western Australia? So I know there were some more questions. So you answer that first, and then I'll find another one. Yeah, why not? Um, it'd be good to have something out of Western Australia and, and Perth. I, I, You know, it's a, it's a market that I think it would be beneficial for the NRL to tap back into. I know... Um, back in Super League days, they had the Western Reds, but that was a whole whole other thing. So I think it'd be a good idea to explore that market again. Um, and hopefully they put uh, put a lot of effort into getting the, the Perth, Perth locals behind it. Yeah, I think it's a market they can definitely target. I think it's the time difference that I don't like. I think, yeah. I believe I was talking with Andrew um, when he gave me that question this week talking about there was they haven't done it a lot now but there was a game the warriors played in perth where new zealand time it kicked off at midnight mm. uh, they never did that again they learned that lesson and then we had games that were like it was middle of the day almost in perth and it was like an afternoon uh, night game here um so i think if they figured that out and remember that um there's a lot of new zealand viewers and not to remember what time it is here. Um, I'm very thankful I wasn't writing match reports back in those days. Um, writing one at midnight, I don't think would be my best work. Um, but yeah, as long as they sort out that time, I'm fine with it. Um, and then we had another kind of going right into Simon's next question. He said, um, what's your guys' preference on what kickoff time games should be played and what days in the week? Um, so I'll take this one first. Um, this kind of goes into what Andrew was saying um, when we were discussing his idea about a second New Zealand team. Australians and anyone from Australia watching now, that first game on a Friday is a game they all hate because it's mm. like a six o'clock kickoff on a Friday. And um, you imagine if we were having a six o'clock New Zealand time game on a Friday, most people wouldn't even be able to go because they'd be still trying to get home from work. Um, but for New Zealand, that's eight o'clock kickoff. So he said, like, that would be a perfect game if there's two New Zealand teams, you make them play each other on the Friday. Um, eight o'clock here, it's perfect. Um, mm. I the only one I don't really like is the Thursday night game, if I'm honest. Um, with this show, I try to watch every minute of football so I can at least pretend to know what I'm talking about on a Wednesday. Um, and that. I my work hours I start really early and I finish early, um, so that Thursday night game the second half's always a bit brutal for me getting up in the morning. Um, but in terms of the Warriors, I like I either like the Friday night game or an afternoon game. Going live, I used to love the Sunday afternoon games. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but sitting at home, I don't mind that Friday night game. It gets the Warriors in and out for the weekend. Um, usually 
makes my weekend really good or it ruins really it. Bad. Yeah. Um, I hate being like the la- the Warriors being the last game of the round. I hate waiting all weekend for the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I actually don't mind the schedule as it is. It kind of works for me, but in terms of where the Warriors play, yeah, I, I'm with you. I really don't like them being last. Um, Friday night or Saturday night, it's always fun. And, yeah, seeing as though we used to go together, I used to love those Sunday afternoon games too, but definitely had a different atmosphere if it was a Friday or Saturday night live at Mount Smart. Yeah, and Simon's got a lot of comments, but... Um... But yeah, um, we may as well. Uh, I'll, I'll skip my question, but you can ask me yours just because we're going a bit long. Sure. Um, I was this week wanting to tap into your newfound love of playmaking, Brad, and talk Sean Johnson. So, on a scale of one to 10, how, how do you rate his return to the Warriors so far from what we've seen so far? And has his return stacked up against what you expected from him um, on his return to the club? Yeah, so as one of the, the greatest playmakers to never be a half, um, I think I, I'm quite knowledgeable in this stuff. Um, rating his return, I out of 10, I would probably still give him a 6. Um, I think the biggest problem is a lot of people um, expect are expecting him to run and gun like it the Sean of old mm. I wasn't expecting that I was expecting him to be more a seasoned playmaker the reason why I've only given him a six though is because he is still doing some rookie mistakes um kicking early I think we even saw it um in the game against the Rabbitohs there was one where he kicked on the first mm. and um silly mistakes like that that you don't expect from a player of his experience um I want to see more of a level head. I'm hoping that with Tohu Harris out there, you're going to see a more settled Sean. Um, if you get my drift, I think with Adam Fanua Blake as the leader, maybe there wasn't enough level heads out there to kind of be there and look at Sean and say, like, sort, sort your shit out. Um, you're not a kid. Do this properly. Maybe... He, he's more experienced than Fenua Blake, so he kind of, I, I don't know. Now I'm just trying to, like, speak for him. But, yeah, I don't think he's been setting the world alight, but I don't think he's been a dumpster fire either. Mm. But if if he starts having more games where there's more silly mistakes than level heads, I think people are going to be looking at um, potentially putting in that poor youngster um, mm. a bit before his time. Um, but, yeah. I, I'm not throwing the the baby out with the bathwater, as they say. I would have ranked them a six as well. I think the two games he's won us on, off the back of Golden Point winners have brought his score up for me. I, without those, maybe I would have gone a five, but I think that shows a lot of what he can bring. Um, I, we know in Golden Point he he's done it before in the past and he's proven it again this year. He's got a good field goal in him and he's he, he doesn't seem to choke in that scenario, which we lost a lot of very close games last year. So, um, yeah, but in the, in the same breath, I think he's had games where he's had games off almost, you know, and, and not probably got his hands on the ball as much as he should have. But like you, I don't think he's been a complete 
an utter failure. Like uh, I've, I've read a little bit of um, online feedback <laughs> on Warriors pages on Facebook. People seem to want him gone already, but I don't think it's that dire. Yeah, and like in my weekly reviews, I was really critical against him after the Sharks game. He was my warrior to improve. Yeah, but I think he does play a lot better, and we've seen some of his better performances when Chanel Harris Devita is in the halves with him. Mm. So Chanel, if he's not pulled in, um, Nathan Brown loves the switcheroos. So he might be in the halves with him this weekend. If not, he'll probably be back next weekend. So I think we'll we'll see some of the the pressure off, but. I suppose that's the question a lot of people are getting at. Sean's kind of at that level in his career where he shouldn't be affected by pressure. Mm. But yeah, um, I think, yeah, I, I'm a Warriors fan, so I try to be as optimistic as I can at the best of times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was good for the questions. I know I couldn't get it to all of them, but Paul, Paul will start charging us money if we go too long. Um, so we'll go into round 11 in our picks. As I said, Simon's given me his picks already. I've got mine. You're, um, oh, and Simon's just asked Andrew, you're talking about Brad. Is that Andrew Ferguson? Um, no, it's not. Um, but um, we'll get into You distracted me now. Um, <laughs> we'll get into um, the picks. I'm just bringing up the, there we go. I am almost doing my job right here. Um, so we got Thursday night's game, Knights and Broncos. Um, both Simon and I have gone with the Broncos here. Who have you picked? Yeah, Broncos as well. All right. So hold on. As I'm doing it, I'm writing it down. Um, so all Broncos. Then the first game on Friday night, we've got Tigers, Bulldogs. Simon and myself have both gone with the Tigers. Um, what have you gone with? I backed the Bulldogs a couple of weeks ago. They let me down. I don't think I'll ever back them again this season. Tigers. Tigers. This one was actually the hardest one for me. Um, but, yeah, I, I went with Tigers. I think Bulldogs. Normally you see that bounce back after a team. Uh, yeah. My coach has lost the job. Um, next game on Friday, we have Eels and Seagulls. Simon and I have both picked the Eels here. Um, I've kind of gone off manly. Um, every time I seem to pick them, they go wrong. So I am sticking with the Eels here. Yeah, I've gone Eels for a bounce-back win. All right. So unlike last week, we're picking the same again. Um, first game on Saturday, we have Dragons and Warriors. Simon has gone for the Dragons, the filthy trader, and I have gone with the Warriors. Um, I feel like the Warriors are going to bounce back from that game. Um, I'm, I'm confident. I thought this would be the game where you tip the Warriors. I, mean, I know you love the Dragons, but um, yeah, I went Warriors as well. I, I, Warriors I feel like well. I feel like we have to get this one done. Yeah. Um, then the next game on Saturday is Cowboys Storm. Should be it's a lot more interesting match than I would have given it credit for at the start of the season. Um, but I have gone with the Storm. So is Simon. Um, what's your take? Do you think the Cowboys are going to get the storm while they're, while they're a little bit weak? I was so tempted to go back the Cowboys in. Um, I went storm you for went the storm? record. I, I normally always pick the storm. Um, it, was, it was actually tough to tip them this week, but I've gone storm. Yeah, I think um, if the storm had beaten the Panthers, I might have been more inclined to say they might 
get a, a upset of the Cowboys here. Mm. But the Storm losing in such embarrassing way, I think they're going to have something to prove. Yeah. Um, final game on Saturday, we have the Roosters, Panthers. Simon and I both picked the Panthers. Um, I think, yeah, Roosters, Roosters are looking good, but I think, yeah, the Panthers are just – Panthers mm. are Panthers right now. I've gone with Panthers. They're rolling right now, so – all right. Stick with stick with them while they're rolling. Good to see you copying me this week. Um, <laughs> first game on Sunday, we have Rabbitohs Raiders. Um, Simon and I have both gone with the Rabbitohs. I think Simon's oh. using reverse psychology here and going if he picks against this team, his team will get the win. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think the Rabbitohs the Rabbitohs should get the job done here at home. I probably would have picked the Raiders if it was in Canberra. Um, yeah. I'm not convinced too much on the Rabbitohs right now, but um, if they play like they did in the first half against the Warriors, they should get the job done. You've logged into my into the ESPN tips and looked at my tips, haven't you? I haven't. <laughs> I went Rabbitohs as well. You went Rabbitohs? I don't even think I've put my tips in yet. Um, no. Then the final game of the round, we've got the Titans-Sharks. This is another game Simon and I are disagreeing on. He is back the Titans. And I back the Sharks. That's because if you notice in the comments earlier, he said he's got a soft spot for the Titans. Yeah. Um, no, I went, I, I went Sharks. Um, I think if they play Hines at halfback again this week, they might steady the ship a bit. All right. So you and I have picked the exact same. And uh, Simon has um, differed on us on two games, the Warriors, Dragons, and the Titans, Sharks. So other than that, we all agree. Not going to say who's got the advantage here, judging by how poor we all were at tipping last week. Um, <laughs> hopefully we see an improve um, on that. Um, before we go, I will just quickly touch on Super League. Um, St. Helens are now alone at the top of the ladder. They've got 20 points. Um, Catalans and Wigan are both second and third on 18 points each. The reason St. Helens are at the top of the ladder on their own now is because they won. Um they won 24 to 10 against Hull FC, but Wigan lost to Huddersfield. So the Challenge Cup preview, um, Huddersfield won 32 to 22. Um, Catalans had a, a good showing. They defeated Warrington 40 to 8. Um, so that's all I, I really can touch on there because we are going super over. Anything else you want to add before we let everyone go home? Uh, yeah, Brad. Um, goal for this week, Huddersfield. Huddersfield, sorry. <laughs> right, I'll have it. I'll have it right for the Challenge Cup. Otherwise, um, great shift by you, mate. Well done filling in for Paul. Yeah, um, I'm sure we'll be a, a much better outfit next week when Paul is controlling everything in the background. Um, but see, look, look, I'll even get rid of that. See, there you go. I forgot. <laughs> That's my bad. Um, so yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us tonight on the standoff with Brad and Richie. For your weekly update on rugby league, tune into our show next week at 8 p.m. here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Cheers for joining me again, Richie, and um, Cheers, good night, everyone. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.